One of my favorite deeper dives of 2023 was the one we did with Nurse Nikki on the new mastitis protocol. We got so many great questions and comments during the deeper dive from all those who attended live. Shout out to Naomi, who told us at the end that she was going to fix all her care plans right away. Same, Naomi. Use the link in the show notes to subscribe and have monthly live access to all of our deeper dives, as well as all of our recordings going all the way back to January of 2020. You don't want to miss out on this. And we can't wait to see you at the next deeper dive. I'm Annie. And I'm Leah. And this is Lactation Business Coaching with Annie and Leah, where we talk about the smart way to create a compassionate and professional private practice. Let's dive in. Well, hey there, Leah. Hey, Annie. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing good. Just surviving this Houston heat and hoping I don't melt before fall decides to make its way here. (laughs) Yeah, it's been hot here too. And because people usually are either walking or taking public transportation, we have had some days where it's been so hot that I have told people I will do a home visit for you instead of having you bring your baby to the office. And I'm going to waive my home visit fee because I just don't want you taking your baby out in this heat. It's so hot for a baby to be walking around. I know we think about like winter and that being a hard time to get out with your babies. But I had a client the other day and they live like on a third story apartment. Right. And so she's like, here, your car gets so hot. Like you can't just go jump in your car with your newborn baby and drive off because it's so hot. She's like, I don't even know how to manage it. Like I got to walk all the way downstairs with the baby and like start the car, but then make sure the car's locked, but then like walk all the way back upstairs and wait for it to cool down, but then pray nobody steals it in the process, you know, and then, and then get back down there. And she was like, I really want to come to support group, but I don't know if I can like do that. And it made me so sad because like, man, this weather and it's day after day after day, it's like really isolating families, just another place where we're getting isolated. And it's so frustrating. Totally. (sighs) But it's funny too. I don't know if you deal with this because you're in the land of central air, but most apartments don't have central air. We've got window units and I can't tell you how many people like think their baby's going to be cold. So they don't have the AC on. And I'm like 9,000 degrees and I come in and it's like hot in there. And they're like, how's the temperature? We're just, we just don't want them to be cold. Are you okay? And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm I'm happy with whatever temperature you're happy with as like the sweat is like like pouring down, pulling down your back. Yes. Although yes, the other day, I had a family and they were like, our ACs are really weird. So we have to like keep the downstairs super cold. And it was like cold, like literally the family like was in sweats and fleeces. (laughs) And I was like to come into the house and like, I'm seeing all these people in sweats. I mean, after I sat there for a minute, I was like, okay, yeah, it is really cold. But I guess it's the only way that cold gets high enough in their house because their AC is weird or something. But I was like, this is so weird to like come into the house and then and then I'm like freezing which is usually never what happens. And they had like their baby bundled up and everything was really, really weird. Like I stepped into some weird time warp place where we're like in winter and not summer for just a few minutes. But yeah, the whole central air here is kind of like 
not great sometimes. I feel like you're getting like such drastic temperature changes. You know, you're like, it's 102 outside and then you walk inside and it's like 70 and your body's like, like, I don't know what to do with that. You know, so anyway, good and bad. It's all just not fun. This is the stage of summer where we're all just like miserable. And my husband and I are like contemplating all the places that are not hot that we're planning to move to. We literally on the way home yesterday, we're like, okay, boys, so we're going to move somewhere really far north, maybe Alaska. We're not sure, but we can't do the heat anymore. And then by the time winter comes, we'll be like, never mind. We hate the cold. We don't want to go that far north. But yeah, (laughs) it's that time of year. August, August is the time. (laughs) Well, even though it's so hot, people are still having babies all the time. And we are here today to talk about our tips for connecting with babies, which, you know, honestly, is one of the best parts of the job. It it totally is. It is. And I think it's something that is a bit of a skill, you know, and it really honors the dyad aspect of our work that we aren't just there to work with the parents. And then we just have this blob over here that like happens to interplay occasionally. It's like, no, we've got two humans in front of us. Well, sometimes more than that, (laughs) you know, the different parents, but also whatever number of babies there is. And I feel like sometimes you know, grasping that because you can't communicate as easily with the little ones is sometimes hard. And I think sometimes parents haven't really gotten to the point of seeing that little creature as like a human being, you know, and I think, you know, it's really the first step to that connecting piece is really just recognizing that this is another human in front of you. And we need to honor them just like we would our neighbor, our best friend, you know, like that they have their own autonomy and needs and personality. And um, I think it's an amazing part of our work because, you know, sometimes we can help everyone in the room see that, but it's also requires us to slow down just a bit and not be so like, let's like bam through this console and get our job done and get out of here. It's like, slow down. Like we need to make us a moment for that connection. Definitely. One of my things that I always do is I always begin the exam of the baby. So I have the baby, you know, on a blanket in front of me. Usually I do it. And if I'm in their apartment, I'll do it on their couch. Like um, if they have like one of those lounge couches, like with the chaise attachment, I'll put a blanket down there and I'll kneel in front of it. Or in my office, I put Chuck's pads down on top of the ottoman in my office and sit in my chair. So I'm kind of like, a little bit above them, but but I'm not standing when I do it. That feels comfortable to me. And I always start every assessment with, well, hey there, friend. Yeah. Every every baby is my friend. And I love to like give them a little smile. I like to compliment something about the baby, like point out something. Like, I don't know, sometimes I'm like, your baby is beautiful. Like, and yeah. you know, sometimes <laughs> yeah. there are just those babies that are just like extraordinarily oh, beautiful. Yes. But like I like to say something about the baby that I'm noticing and I smile. And I mean, usually it's always very genuine. Like I I think I've never had to fake it about a baby. Like I'm always just like something spontaneous is always there. I'm just like, you're so cute. Usually is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's that, it's just that moment of just like admiration 
of this little person. A little person who's just made it onto our planet and is just gonna, you know, do we have no idea what the future holds for them. You know, I feel like I like to just have that reverent moment. I really try to get eye contact, even if it's a new, new baby, you know, if the baby's feeling like that would be comfortable for them too. you know, definitely once they're a couple weeks old, this is, it gives me a pause to like really just be reverent about like the humanness of the thing in front of me is to just see if I can get them to make eye contact while I'm smiling and talking and all of those pieces to it. And I really like to kind of talk to the baby through my exam, of course, like asking consent, like, you know, now I'm going to do this. Are you okay with that? If I'm looking at their mouth, I kind of tap around their mouth and stroke their face first to make sure that they're giving me all the body signals of like, yes, I'm enjoying this. I want to keep going. If they're turning away or grimacing that I'm like, okay, it looks, and I'll even say it out loud to the parent. looks like they're not comfortable with this right now. Okay. Let's, why don't we do this? Or I'm going to see if I can soothe them or how about you give them a little snuggle and we'll try again in a few minutes, things like that, because I think it also helps the parent to see where we could be really like giving that autonomy to the baby and and having them, you know, kind of consent and then talking through the whole exam. I'll talk about everything that I'm going to do to both the baby and the parent. You know, I certainly am telling the parent what I'm going to do and make sure that they're comfortable with everything. But I'm also telling the baby, like, now I'm going to look at your cheeks and ooh, look at your tongue can do. Can you, you know, I'm like talking them through the entire thing. How do you approach that piece of like consent and then like kind of communicating with the baby? Yeah, I, I definitely try to figure out how to ask permission from the baby or at least vocalize that. And then when I stop doing something, I'll also vocalize like, oh, you didn't like that. Okay. Let's, let's try something else. Like I'll say it so that, you know, the parent is hearing it, but also I just think there's like, even though the babies can't understand our words, they can understand our intention and our energy. Like, and I don't mean that in a woo kind of way. Like I mean that, like when you talk about something, it impacts like your communication, not just with words, but like your body language and, and all of that. So I think babies are very receptive to that. And I do a lot, like when I first start with the baby and and I'll do something to try to like, just get them comfortable physically. So usually I'll like, you know, stroke the top of top of the head. And then I love, you know, like have learned so many different body movements for babies for, you know, so many different things for like assessment and for teaching families things to do but my personal favorite are just hip circles so I just put mm. my hands on either side of the baby's hips and I just do the little rolling the little rolling hip circles yeah and I do them both ways and sometimes I'll add the little sushi roll roll up I forget where I heard the sushi roll from but that's what I have been calling it so I'm sorry to whoever taught that to me I don't remember <laughs> where the name came from but I think just it's kind of probably Brenna. I love those two. The, it must be Brenna's with the, uh, they call it stir the soup. And then I always make the joke. It's like, when you make baby soup, you got to go both ways. And that <laughs> often gets a laugh. I don't know. Like I, I really like to get laughs during visits. Me I don't too. know. I'm a bit of a, like a stand-up comedian. I don't know, but that one, <laughs> that one kills. So that like helps, I feel like warm the babies up, but it also helps me, gives me a minute. I'm doing some assessment too, while I'm doing that. And I'm also like, it's serving so many purposes. Like I'm also just showing the parents a way they can move their baby. And that one, those two, I feel like 
I have yet to find a baby who was like, I really hate this. Like most of them are into, they're pretty gentle and mild and obviously only do as much as the baby will let me do. Um, And then I do just like you do, like tapping the lips after hearing my previous intern who was a speech language pathologist, watching her do assessments during her training. I now copied her language, which is, can I come in? She taps on their lips and says, can I come in? And I just think that's so cute. That's so funny. I think it's so funny. So many times you and I or other LCs, like I'll say like, oh, I do this. And they did it too. And we never got it from the same place. Like, cause it Mm -hmm. was something that we thought nobody else was doing. And then we do it. And I think like, that's just how the genius of it all, you know, we're all all kind of like landing on the same place because it's so, um, what needs to happen? You know, that's so funny. Yeah, definitely. I know. Can I come in? That's so cute. And if they don't let me in I I, I respect that we'll I don't do something else yeah it's hard I mean there there does get to be a point in the consult where we maybe like there's time limits and there yeah. are like if I am trying to assess the baby for tongue tie that is something where I will say I'm just gonna come in for a second so I am like I'm doing that like I'm not I'm telling you that you're consenting to this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I know that the parents have consented to it right. and they're consenting on behalf of their baby, which, you know, they're allowed to do. And right. I will like, just tell the baby, it's just going to take a second. I make it go Ten as seconds. fast as, and it's, and I'm like, this is the last thing I'm going to do. Yeah. And they always yeah. make it the last thing. I'm like, we are done. Same. You don't ever have to see me again. Like, yeah. And through <laughs> it, I'll time. try to be like, you know, really happy voice. And like when I lift up their tongue, I'll go like, what's under there? You know, I'll try to make it like as happy as a person could make something that I know is not like super comfortable to them. And I'll always tell the parent too, I'm like, this last thing I'm going to do, I'm just going to lift up their lip and lift up their tongue and check in their cheeks. And most babies like don't love this, but I'm going to go really fast and I'll kind of tell you what I'm seeing as I go through it. And I think that also gives the parents like peace of mind too, that like if the baby's kind of squirming and doesn't love it, like we're doing it really fast and with the intention of like trying to have the least amount of discomfort. And and a lot of babies, it's not uncomfortable, but you know, so usually if they're tongue tied, it's more uncomfortable, you know. And sometimes that degree to me too, you know, that's the other time. If they're post phrenectomy, I won't always go. Yeah, in there. I don't usually. Um, I usually am watching the parent do the yeah, lifts for exactly. that. Is more important to me than me getting in there. So, but I know yeah. that that's uncomfortable for them too, you know. Yeah, and often that discomfort is that the babies are showing the degree of discomfort tells me a lot too. Like sometimes they'll be like, it was just really hard for me to get under there. I've been, have done the trainings about assessing visually. I'm very comfortable assessing visually, but I'm also very comfortable assessing with my fingers. And this, you know, might be a function of like my my bad eyesight. I don't know. Like I'm like, (laughs) I can't rely on that anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to take just a minute to tell you about Kathy's upcoming course. It is called Understanding Infant Reflux and Related Conditions in Lactation Practice. Early bird pricing is open now through May 16th, and which is the day, May 16th, when all of the course content is going to open. We've got six hours of recorded videos plus an additional two SERPs. So that's eight L SERPs total 
for self-study work that Kathy is going to be grading and reviewing and giving you feedback on. So Kathy, you put your heart and soul into this course. I know all of the research that you did. What is one of the things that you're most excited about teaching learners in this course? Yeah, maybe we shouldn't pay any attention to occult blood in the stool. I've actually had a couple of moms on elimination diet because of a positive occult blood test in perfectly happy, healthy babies. And this makes really no sense at all. But that's one of the little take-home messages. There are many. It's filled with nuggets and gems like that. Every second of this training is going to give you things that you're going to be able to use in your private practice. So definitely sign up for that. You'll have once you're in, you're going to have all the way until May of next year to get through this content because it's stuff that you're going to want to watch and rewatch again. So we're so excited that Kathy put this course together for us. I have never had a case where what I felt with my fingers wasn't then exactly what I saw with my eyes. So I don't know, that's an area of just clinical judgment where I feel comfortable, even if I can't get under there and can't see it, as long as I've been able to feel it, I'm like, I, I have a good sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so true. And I think the other thing with connecting with the babies beyond just our, like kind of our interaction with them is also kind of helping the parent and the baby make a deeper connection. It's kind of part of our role or part of something that we can help them see is both by example, kind of all these ways that we're talking to them and and showing them how they can interact with their baby, which helps build their connection, but also like letting the parent be part of that bridge for all of us. Like I'll always ask the parent, even before my exam, like, tell me some things about your baby, like completely not feeding related. Like, just tell me a little bit about how they are, like between feedings, what do they like? What do they not like? Because it could give me some clues, too, on how I might need to approach the baby. Like if the mom's like, oh, my gosh, they're so, so sensitive. They won't let anybody else hold them. Like I'm like constant contact with them. I'm like, oh, OK, well, maybe I'll be doing the exam on the parent's body <laughs> instead of trying to to take them off because the baby's going to be more comfortable there. Or maybe, you know, the father is like, hey, you know, they really love to have this movement, you know, or they're so happy, chill. They'll hang out with anybody as long as they're fed. They're like super chill, baby. I just think it's fun to get to hear the parents intake and perspectives, but I also help think it kind of helps them build some bonding when they talk about their baby unrelated to like the needs and fulfilling the needs of the baby, but just like, what have they discovered about their sweet little one and, and the little underpinnings of this little human in front of us, like their little personality emerging and what they like and what they don't like. How about that for you? Yeah. Oh yeah. One of the questions I ask on my follow-up forms is what was the best thing that happened yesterday? And they'll usually Aww. tell something about their baby, like lots of smiles or, oh, you know, meeting it. grandma for the first time. Aww. And I don't ask directly like you do, like, tell me about your baby, but I, I try to like hear what they're telling me about their baby and like validate it or like say like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I see that too. Sometimes I'm sure you've had these visits where they've, they're like, my baby is so fussy. They cry all the time and then get to the visit and the baby's like happy. And, and the parents are like, I don't know. I, I I promise like it's been really bad. And I'm always like, I totally believe believe you. you. I have seen 
everything that you've described and you described it really well, I can totally picture it. And I believe you and that I feel like helps. And I also, I love to like valid, like, I don't know, sometimes they'll say things like the other day I was with a client and this baby made the funniest face. It was like, and I think I said something like, your baby is just sitting there silently judging us. And, and the mom goes <laughs> like that whole that side a- eye. <laughs> yes. And she goes, I call that his RBF. He has the best <laughs> RBF and we'll put baby in the show notes, what RBF stands for, but, yes. um, oh, that's hilarious. Oh, but it made me laugh. And then we laughed. the two of us laughed forever. Cause I was like, I see it. It was, it was hilarious. Like any funny thing that the baby does oh, or like yes. when they poop, I'm always like good comic timing. Like that was a good <laughs> one. Like I just try to like keep it light about the funny stuff, validate them about the serious stuff. And then a lot of my families have never seen the, I guess it's commonly called the colic holds, how to mm-hmm. hold their babies. Like they don't know how to hold their babies. So, and that was the, like the one that like saved my life with both of my own kids <laughs> where you have the baby's heads over your elbow and your hands are between their legs and the baby's like draped on your arm, like a little tree branch. And if they hand me their baby to hold, that's how I hold their baby. Yeah. And I sway side to side and I swear, like, I don't have magic powers, but (laughs) most of the time the babies change their demeanor. When I do that, if they've been fussy and the parents are like, Oh wow. wow." And then I'm like, no, this is I say, they call this the colic hold. I just call it the magic baby hold. And then I mime to them, like, you hold your baby like this. And then you've got a hand free to like shove things into your mouth. And they're like, (laughs) show me all your ways. And then when I get them holding the baby, whether it's like that or any other way, I try to find a moment to be like, look at how relaxed your baby is when you're, when you hold them. Um, and to tie it back to the baby that like, I see all these things about their baby and I I'm able to make it a connection with their baby. But then I always want to tell them you have a connection with your baby. Like I'm making a connection, but you have a connection. Yeah. Yeah. I like to do that through pointing out when the baby is looking at the parent, I'll be like, look how they're looking at you. They just love you so much. Like they're just looking at you with those, like just love pouring out of their little expression, you know, I'll just always try to point out when the baby is looking at one of the parents, you know, and I'll be like, look at him looking at you. He loves you so much. You know, I think that sometimes you're just in the thick of it. You're just trying to keep this thing alive. You're not thinking about when you're a new parent, you're not thinking about the humanness of them all the time. You're just trying to make sure they're fed and diapers clean and that, you know, that you've just made it through the day with them staying alive. And so sometimes somebody else showing how that baby is so responsive and so in love with them helps them to make a deeper connection. And and sometimes with just the little pause to say, oh, look how they look at you. They just love their beautiful mama or look how they're just staring at daddy. They just love his voice, you know, things like that. I just think it's so fun to to have help them see some of that, too, you know. I know. And I think it feels good to have at least my feeling when I see it, it works on the parents that they're they like yeah. they came to us and we're like these experts. And we're like telling them something personal about their relationship with their baby after spending a lot of time with them. Like, I think they, I know. they know that it's genuine. Um, yeah. I did have, I did have one, one dad say to me last summer, 
I said something like, your baby is just so, so cute. And he goes, I bet you say that to all the babies. And I actually (laughs) stopped. And I was like, I said to him, I actually do say something like that to all the babies. But the thing is, I mean it every single time I say it. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, it's like not canned, even though there's only so many different ways you can talk about like, I know. (laughs) And they're so sweet and cute and innocent and adorable. And yeah, yeah, there's like only so many ways that you can say that, but we know it comes from such a genuine place, you know? Yeah. And I think it's just another I feel like we've said it so many times on the podcast is like, yes, our job is, you know, this feeding specialist that's coming in to help with feeding. But because we have this unique opportunity to spend so much time with families, we have an opportunity to touch a lot of areas of their experience with their little one, you know, and I think this is just one that should stay in the forefront of our minds as such an important piece to the work that we do. And It just brings a real humanness, a deeper purpose for all this hard work and trudging through all the hard things that we have to trudge through. It makes it so worth it to know that you got to connect with another human. If I think about all the families that I've worked with and count up all of them, it's like, whoa, I've gotten to have hopefully a positive impact, even through that moment of just welcoming this new human on the planet and saying, welcome, we're so glad you're here and you're destined for great things and you're adorable. You know, even just that, just think about like all the opportunities you have to just put a tiny bit more positive light in this world. And it also just enriches this work that we do. And our purpose just grows deeper with this reminder of like connecting with all the people that are in front of you, not just the parents. Absolutely. I love everything about that. I have been slowly rolling out some swag in my uh, paperless lactation site. And uh, Allie Reynolds from Valley Lactation is doing the designs for me. She's also does my social media and she came up with one that was came for the parents, stayed for the babies. And I just love that. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of my story in a nutshell. And another piece of lactation related gear that I love are Rachel O'Brien's I speak baby shirts. And she's got just the cutest logo, the cutest design. And it's just so adorable. I speak baby. And I think about that in like, I know things about babies that these parents don't know. And it's definitely a like sacred opportunity to be able to give that to them and teach them how to connect to the, how to speak baby themselves. Yeah. And, you become like a little translator for a minute and, oh, wow. Now that they understand each other, it's like a whole new world opens up for them. Absolutely. And that's why we're excited to have Rachel is going to be doing a deeper dive with us later this month on August 22nd at 3 PM Easter, 12 Pacific. She's going to be doing a deeper dive into the latest on bottles and nipples because one of Rachel's specialties with her ability to speak baby is in bottle <laughs> refusal, teaching yes. babies how to take a bottle. And I've learned so much from her. So she's been doing a ton of research on everything that's on the market these days in preparation for a course she's putting out on guiding bottle breakthroughs, which will be happening in September, I think is when all of the content is going to be available, but we're going to be sharing more about that at the deeper dive. We'll have a link to register to the deeper dive in the show notes, or 
you can subscribe to the Deeper Dive membership for $15 a month. You get access to every live Deeper Dive plus our archive of Deeper Dives going back so valuable so far to January 2020. We've got several in there from Rachel. She's done done another one with us on bottle consults and you know the who code and all of that, but also on private practice. And she is one of our favorites. So I'm so excited for this because just like when we did Nichelle's about pumps, I was like, I cannot stay on top of what is on the market. Like even my best efforts, I like try to stay on top of it all, but it feels literally impossible if unless I were to sit down and just have like a block of three hours a week to just study. And thank God other people are willing to do that. <laughs> like Rachel, like, please study this and then give me the cliff notes. Give me the cheaters code on keeping a uh, abreast of all that is on the market because I get overwhelmed and parents are asking about like, what about this new thing? What about that new thing? And I'm like, oh, I haven't got a chance to work with it yet. I don't really know enough yet to, you know, say yay or nay, or it's a great thing or it's a bad thing. And I, you know, fall back on like what I like tried and trues are working for me. But I know that, you know, innovation means that there will be more, hopefully great things coming down the line. Also, I see not great things coming down the line, but I simply weed that out. And I am so ecstatic for this deeper dive, but also for the course because bottle refusal is like so challenging. It's one of those things that I really like enjoy working with families, but also find it to be some of the most stressful cases. Um, So I always have to like really keep learning about that so that I can bring my best skills because usually it's some of the most stressful situations, you know, when parents are desperate for their baby to eat or to they got to go back to work. You know, it's just it seems to be some of the most stressful ones. So it's so important to learn those skills and you can be such an asset to those families if you know how to help them through that hard time. Yeah, for sure. And one of the things we're going to ask Rachel on this deeper dive is what do you do when a family holds up a bottle and is like, well, we got these, what do you think of those? And it's a bottle you've (laughs) never seen before. What kinds of questions are you going to be asking yourself or what kind of observations you're going to be making about that bottle in order to be able to give clients guidance on the spot before running to go ask Rachel, um, look it up (laughs) in her bottle course, what, what Rachel thinks about it. So I'm really excited. So that's coming up. Um, Registration is open now. You can join live or if you register, you get the recording. If you can't make it live, it's obviously so great when you're there. When we had uh, Nichelle last month and Nikki Greenaway uh, on the mastitis protocol, we had such chatty groups for those two deeper dives and it was so much fun. The conversation just bloomed into this, just such a rich discussion and really diving into so many applicable things. I mean, I was over here with a notepad, just like writing down so many things. So I'm like, even though I have the recording too, I'm like, oh, don't forget that. Oh man, that was gold. I got to write that down, you know, just because it, when those conversations turn to what people are experiencing in their practice day to day, that's where we just 
just really get so much rich conversation and really get to tap into these experts who have probably come across these situations. So by all means, if you can make it live, we highly encourage that. And we highly encourage you just sharing all the questions that you have. We really like to include you in the conversation. That's what these deeper dives are all about. Well, this has been a lot of fun just thinking about babies. I know both of us have consults later today, I know, I'm so like, oh, it's we'll such a wrap it up, <laughs> go see some babies. So yeah, this was great. I'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Did you know that for just $15 a month, you can join our live Deeper Dives and also get all of our recordings back through January of 2020? Sign up today and be part of the conversation. The magic happens when you show up.